This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. Hey, everybody, it's Scott Pinyard, head coach at This Naked Mind, and I am back with another edition of Coaching Questions. Well, here we are. It is March as I'm recording this. Uh, that means here, at least in the Northern Hemisphere, seasons are changing to the point where things are warming up. I was actually outside for this weekend for a little bit without a coat on. Um, and so I've, uh, I've selected a few questions that have to do with this shift, um, with this, you know, when things change uh, as we go through the first year, how do we deal with that? Um, so if this is you, pay attention because there's going to be a lot of tactics and stuff in here um, that can help you get through this, what is normally a pretty exciting time. Let's dive right in. So question number one goes like this. I am so excited and also scared for spring. On one hand, I can't wait for the cold to be gone. I live in Minnesota. On the other hand, I am worried about what's next. Hanging out on the back porch, going on hikes, going to the lake, hosting barbecues. These were all heavy drinking events for me. I am over three months alcohol free, but this will be my first experience of not drinking during the warm weather. How can I help myself stay on track? So first of all, uh, I grew up in Minnesota, so I am very well aware of how cold it is. And I am also very happy for you that it's starting to warm up there. Um, And congratulations on those three months. That's a really good achievement. Um, So what you're bringing up is something that we see a lot from people who are going through their first year of being alcohol free. See, there's this thing that happens no matter what time of year we quit drinking, there's going to be a year full of firsts. Right. So it's, oh, it's my first holiday season or it's my first birthday or it's my first wedding or graduation or funeral or whatever it might be. Right. It's the first time I'm going to the lake house and not drinking. Um, And so during all of this, there can be a little bit of fear, a little bit of trepidation. My number one suggestion for you on this is reframe this entire thing. And here's how you can reframe it. So first, you have been experiencing these things for years and you've been experiencing these things with that sort of fog of alcohol involved. So the reframe here is saying, oh, not saying something like, oh, I'm going to go to the lake house this weekend. And I'm just not going to drink. Right. That's not necessarily helpful. But what is helpful is saying, you know what, I'm going to go to the lake house this weekend and I get to experience this without alcohol. Because here's the thing, right? Alcohol is going to dull your senses. It's going to dull your experience in general of all of these activities that you're talking about, of things like uh, going on hikes or hosting barbecues or being at the lake house, right? If you really think about it, it's been a long time, most likely, since you truly experienced those things as yourself, right? And so when you reframe in this way, you can get really excited, Right. This weekend at the lake now is like you're really going to experience it. You're really going to feel, you know, the warmth of the sun on your skin and how cold the lake is and what it's like to sit out, you know, late at night under the stars. And, you know, my favorite sort of weather, which you probably have there in Minnesota, which is a sweatshirt and shorts weather. You know what I mean? Um, You get to actually experience that without the cloud of alcohol. Um, without that sort of veil of alcohol between how you feel and what you're thinking and reality. So that's the very first thing is reframe it. Reframe it instead of saying, I am really afraid of saying, hey, this is awesome that I get to experience this. Um, Second, 
journal. And I've said this before, and you guys have heard me say this many times, um, but write out those fears and concerns you have now, right? When you express these things, whether it's putting them down on paper or talking about them with a loved one, um, you're going to sort of loosen the, their grip on you. The other thing that you're going to be able to do by expressing this um, is you're going to be able to work through what are some potential solutions for you. So one of the things that I talk about in our groups is that when you look at the way that you normally think about things, right? So a fear pops up in your head and what happens? Well, it's this mixture of words and pictures and emotions and maybe memories and sounds. And it's like this jumble. But when you have to actually write it down and when you have to actually speak about it, um, the scaffolding that language mandates of you makes it so that you have to list these things out. You have to write these things out in some semblance of order. And it's through that process of doing that that you can then start to see, oh, here are some opportunities for me, right? Here are some ways that I can engage differently or do things differently so that I'm in a better place going forward. Um, and continue to do that journaling even when you're at the lake house, right? And go back and read these pages. Um, one of the things that is so incredible to me is that, you know, I spent a lot of time journaling. You guys hear me talk about it all the time. Um, and I'll go back and read old journal entries. And sometimes it's amazing to me, like the things that I was really concerned about, the things I was really worried about um, when they were in the future, when I actually got there, just wasn't what I thought right? We are terrible at predicting the future. Um, we want to be better at it. Sometimes it feels like we're really good at it, but the reality is you don't actually know what's going to happen down the road. So if you can write it down and express it and work on those thoughts and feelings now, and then later on when you're actually experiencing it, write about how you're feeling and compare those two things, it can really change your mindset. And better yet, Go back and read, if you have, or think of how you felt a year ago on this date, right? Um, being able to look at that and to really display to yourself, look, I've made some progress here can make a huge difference. Um, I'm very excited for you. I'm very excited that it's warming up. Uh, and I hope this advice was helpful. But, you know, in the end, you know, you're at a place now where you're three months alcohol free. And, you know, what happens normally around this time is, you know, there's that first kind of month where you're like, whoa, am I really doing this? Like, is this actually happening? Um, and then you kind of get used to it. And then you're just kind of experiencing it and going as time goes on. Um, one thing that's really important is to continue to list those positive things those positive aspects that you're feeling, especially when you're concerned about something down the road, um, because it's become normal, you probably don't realize how awesome it is your daily experiences compared to what it was. So remind yourself of that, right? Remind yourself of that. And that's going to help you with the entire reframe. So anyway, I hope that was helpful. What a great question. Uh, I'll be in Minnesota later this year. I can't wait. So, uh, but I'm not going now. I'm going to wait till it warms up. Um, thanks for writing in. Question number two is this. Hello, I've spent so long beating myself up for drinking and not that I'm trying to go, I'm, now that I'm trying to go alcohol free, I find that I have a lot of negative thoughts about quitting. Some of them I have to work on, thoughts like you'll never make it, that sort of stuff. But some others are actually kind of helpful in a weird way. An example of this would be, you know this is unhealthy. Why are you still doing it? My question is this. 
I see so much positivity in the This Naked Mind method, and that is what attracted me to it in the first place. Do I need to have only a positive motivators moving forward? Should I avoid thinking about the negative consequences as continuing of continuing to drink, as in looking at the downside of things? Thanks. What an awesome question. So there is a difference in thinking about the negative consequences um, of continuing your behavior and beating yourself up about it or dwelling on these negative consequences. So you are correct. Um, you know, our methodology is heavily focused on grace and compassion. Um, that is inherently positive. Um, we are inherently positive people. Um, so one of the things uh, that a lot of people will run into when they first wor start working in this methodology is they will see, oh, wait a minute, like they kind of put down the boxing gloves and stop pounding on themselves. Um, and that's true. And it's actually necessary in order for you to move forward. If you can give yourself that grace, first of all, you're going to stop beating yourself up. Um, but secondly, you're going to start seeing things in a little bit more of a positive light. However, and this is where I'll get to answering your question, um, the ideas that you're feeling and thoughts that you're having about these negative consequences are not inherently bad. As a matter of fact, can be very helpful. Um, the key differentiator here is you're not beating yourself up. So let me take that second one you talked about. Uh, I want to read this uh, exactly as it was. You know this is unhealthy. Why are you continuing to do it? Right. So saying, hey, I want to get healthier right? Saying, I don't want to be unhealthy. I don't want to deal with the long-term health consequences of continuing to drink um, is technically pointing out the negative. Um, but it's also saying uh, that I have a choice, right? And it's not saying this. It's not saying, you idiot. No wonder you feel like crap today, right? You're going to feel this way the rest of your life, right? You're not saying that stuff. But what you're saying is like, hey, I'm avoiding this stuff. And that can be very positive. So as long as you can look at the negative consequences in uh, in a way of this is something I'm avoiding, then that's positive. Uh, that's no, then that's a good thing. Um, secondly, uh, obviously, as as powerful as negative consequences can be for us, those positive results are important as well. You know, one of the things we say in our programs is that people run away from pain and toward pleasure. There's no reason not to use both sides of that equation. So away from pain could be, hey, I don't want to end up with some nasty health problems because of this. But make sure you're also focusing on the toward pleasure, right? What are the things that you want? What are the things that you're looking forward to in this? Um, and allow yourself to dream and kind of pull these things out. Because being able to say, all right, I am running away from this pain. I am running away from potentially having some sort of, you know, massive negative health consequence. And I am running toward what? I'm running toward better relationships. I'm running toward being more in touch with myself and the world around me. Um, really kind of having both sides of that coin can be very, very effective. Now, everyone's going to have a different mixture, right? Some people will focus a little bit more on the negative consequences. They'll think about those positive results, but they'll find that the negative consequences kind of push them. Um, other people will find that those thinking about those negative consequences just makes them feel bad about themselves and gets them into that headspace where they start beating themselves up. So they focus more on the positive. Um, as a company, we highly recommend 
focusing, putting a lot of energy into the positive, but we recognize that everyone's going to have a different mixture. So the key here is to find what is that mixture that works for you, that blend of, you know, avoiding consequences and reaching toward these pleasurable experiences. What is the most, uh, the most effective for you? Um, and from what I can read in your question so far, it sounds like you, you might use a little bit of that negative consequence avoidance thinking. Um, Again, please stay away from beating yourself up, right? So one way that this could go, um, so again, it was, you know, this is unhealthy. Why do you do it? Um, you know, one way that that could go is it could go, why do you do it? Man, I wasted so many years and I wonder how bad things are now. And am I ever going to be able to recover? And I'm so dumb, right? It can be very easy to slide into that, uh, that negative sort of self berating mode. Um, so try to stay out of that as much as you can. But again, feel free to use that negative consequence if it's something that that propels you forward. Um, so thank you for that question. Uh, and uh, yeah, best of luck and congrats, uh, you know, on being involved in this process in the first place. One of the things that you know, we're all trying to do in working with this naked mind is, is look at our thinking and work with it. And you are right in the heart of it right now with that question. So good work on that. Okay, question number three goes like this. Hey, Scott, I have a question for you. I have an answer for you. Um, it's March and I'm a big fan of March Madness. My coworkers and I like to go out and watch games at the end of the day. Well, sometimes in the middle of the day, but you get the idea. I do, I understand. Um, it's usually a good time with lots of pitchers of beer involved. I'm now one week alcohol free and we're about to start the tournament again. I really want to go out with my coworkers, but obviously I'm in early days. I'm not sure what I'm going to do. Any tips for me? Um, yes. So first of all, way to go on that one week alcohol free. Um, and yeah, there's, uh, there's going to be a ton of these experiences that you're going to have, as I was saying earlier, you know, over this first year where you're going to be experiencing things for the first time alcohol free and early on, which is where you are, um, that might be difficult, right? You, you might not necessarily know what to expect. <coughs> Excuse me. So the first thing that I recommend people do in this situation is really double down on that commitment. What does that mean? Uh, well, here's what that means, right? And you, if you double down on the commitment, you say to yourself, look, I am one week, two weeks, three weeks alcohol free. Um, that is what's important to me. And I am going to do that no matter what, right? This is what Annie talks about when she says you need to make a burn the boats decision. And it's in these times, it's in some of these times of maybe going out with friends or going to parties that we have to act on this burn the boats decision. Um, and so that could mean this, right? If you, if you have made that commitment to yourself, that might mean, you know, if things are getting hairy, if you're starting to feel a lot of urges and you're noticing your thoughts are turning toward, well, maybe I can, or I'll quit tomorrow, or it's only been two weeks, whatever those thoughts that come up happen, um, maybe that means you need to go for a walk. You know, you need to be like, hey gang, I will be right back. I need to make a call. I need a few minutes, whatever. Go outside, get some fresh air, move around a little bit. Or maybe it means you need to leave. And that's totally okay. One thing to remember is that you are making a very big behavioral change. And part of behavioral change is relearning behavior in very specific situations. So some of those situations will be going out with friends to, um, 
you know, going out with friends to uh, to watch the game in a sports bar. But some of those others might be sitting at home during an evening or being out at a family barbecue or at the lake, like I talked about in the first question. Um, and so when you're going through this, having this commitment as the rock bottom thing, that's what's going to help you move in that direction. So very, very high on the list here is reaffirming your commitment and being prepared to do what it takes. Worst case is you leave in the middle of it, right? Um, but doing that, you're proving to yourself that you are taking care of your own needs. And that's really important. Number two, what I highly recommend um, is going uh, with the buddy, the plan and the excuse. So you may have heard me talk about this before, but it is really effective. So first, have a buddy. That means have someone either around you or someone that you can call or text fairly easily um, who is aware of the fact that you're in early days alcohol free and this is, uh, this is gonna be an interesting experience for you. Um, it can make all the difference in the world just knowing that someone's thinking about this. Um, you know, for me, with family gatherings and stuff, that was my wife. And I told her, look, look I, I might just want a hug. So if I walk up to you and just give you a hug, like, don't ask me questions, just give me a hug. Man, did that feel better. Like, it was just, I just, I knew I had that support and it was massive. So whoever that might be for you, maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's someone that's going out with you. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's someone that you can text or, uh, you know, if you need to take a break, you can go outside and call. Um, but knowing that someone's in your corner and knowing that someone is thinking about you and supporting you can make a huge difference. Number two is have a plan. So uh, two is have a plan. Three is have an excuse. For both of these points, um, the reason I recommend thinking about it ahead of time is that when you're in the moment, there's a lot of thoughts going on in your head. Right, there's gonna be a lot happening when you're at the bar and if you start thinking, well, maybe I can quit this week or two weeks isn't that much or this was kind of easy, excuse me, or whatever that is, um, you can have a plan so you don't have to think through all of the options while you're in the middle of a crave, right? So, you know, the sort of thoughts that people have in this situation are, well, should I go back to work or should I go home? Maybe I can go for a drive. Well, if I left now, I could go to the gym, you know, and you're back and forth and you're not deciding. Meanwhile, um, you're just asking yourself more questions and kind of building up the pressure. So make a decision before you go. Hey, if I have to piece out of this thing, I am going to go here, right? Maybe it's the gym. Maybe it's home and take a nap. Maybe it's back to the office. Whatever makes the most sense for you in that particular time, have that decided ahead of time so you don't need to think about it in the moment. And the same thing goes for having an excuse. You know, a lot of times um, people will feel, I've had a lot of people tell me this, like, oh, well, I was gonna leave, but then I got talking to so-and-so, and then I just kind of got talked into having a drink. And honestly, it was because I didn't know how to get out of there. Um, so have that excuse ready to go. And again, doesn't really matter what it is. I'm not feeling well, I'm tired, I've got a deadline tomorrow, my kid has baseball practice, whatever, as long as you have a kid. But whatever it is, you know, have that locked and loaded so that, again, if you're in the moment where you're like, hey, I gotta hit the eject button, you've got the steps and you're ready to go. If, when you do this successfully, you're going to reinforce to yourself subconsciously that you can understand and meet your own needs and that makes a huge difference my last tip for you is enjoy it you know one of the things and, and like i was saying in my answer to the first question um is very often we go into these things like oh this is a minefield yes 
There will be potentially some decisions that have to be made, but you don't need to look at it that way. Instead, look at it like this. Hey, I get to actually pay attention to these games. I get to actually be involved and get excited or hopefully not angry, you know, when, when the game goes a certain way. So the more that you can look at it this way and the more that you can be prepared with knowing that you've made your commitment and you have your buddy and your plan and your excuse, the better, uh, the better your experience is going to be. Um, so I hope that is helpful. Thank you for writing that in. I'd be really curious about who your team is, by the way. Um, anyway, that is it for me. Thank you guys very much for uh, listening. I will be back next month with a whole new group of questions. I hope uh, whatever direction the seasons are changing for you is going well, and I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Hi, are you looking to connect with like-minded people? Sometimes maybe you feel like as someone who knows all this information from the snake in mind or the alcohol experiment that you're living in a world of muggles and people just don't speak your language. That is why I created The Exchange. The Exchange is an online community where we meet face-to-face, live video calls multiple times a week with people from all over the globe just to connect, to have somewhere you're seen and you're heard and you feel less alone and really that you can give back and get the support you need. So if this sounds great to you, check it out at thisnakedmind.com backslash exchange. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast as it truly helps the message reach somebody who might need to hear it today.